Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a a car. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Good He's day back. and back. welcome to the car wash. This is uh, episode number 53 on today's show. We react to Bafana's AFCON qualifiers. We preview a weekend of DSTV Premiership action and we discuss Patrice Mutipe's calf ambitions. Uh, I'm your host, Slu Paho. Whether you're listening to us on SL Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahi Gang 96.7 FM's Game Time, welcome to the show. I've been uh, out of commission for a few weeks, so to speak, but I, but I left the show in very capable hands. Very Rumor capable has it, hands. rumor has it, after Germany's six. A nil lost to Spain. Manuel Neuer called this man for advice. It's Sean Roberts. <laughs> how are you doing? It was a long phone call. I'm good. Thanks, bro. How are you? <laughs> I'm all good. <laughs> and the other day I saw Messi on the streets. I said, look, it's the goat. Messi turned around and said, wait, Deco Moudisse is here? Hey. It's the general. Hey. How are you doing? I'm good on you, Slew. I'm all good, all good. And, uh, you know, you know, I've, 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 I've missed one thing in particular. You know, talking about football is one thing. But I, I'm, I'm here for the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> Teko might like this one. He might get this one, actually. All right. All right. Wow. 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 <laughs> Are you ready, Simon? What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. When, I hate it when like I remember the split second before the punchline that I know the joke, and then it just still you're like four years old. Yeah, gotcha. Damn. <laughs> Nacho cheese. I'm pretty sure Kanye put that in a lyric at some Did point. He? Yeah, it's, okay. uh, something like Nacho cheese. Me. Yeah. I don't know. One of the listeners will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, so we start off with um, you know usually when you play two legs and you have a six-two aggregate score over two legs. You're happy about it, but the country is not really super pleased with Bafana's performance against Sao Tome. Uh, so let's discuss these main takeaways. One of the biggest talking points was Coach Mulefi Nteki's squad selection. For the first uh, match against uh, Sao Tome, the one that was televised, Bongani Zungu found himself on the bench. He eventually came on to score a header. The one that kind of let us know, like, okay, we're safe. We're going to win the match, you know, second goal. Um, and also Lebohang Manyama's positioning. He was, play, he was uh, played essentially as a second striker or as a, you know, a false nine. Um, and people had a lot to say about that, particularly because Kermit Erasmus was part of the general squad, but not on the bench. And Luther Singh was on the bench. So it, it was just a strange thing. So what did you make of um, his selection? And do you think that that was part of the reason why they looked a little shaky. Yeah, and, and you mentioned before, which I didn't realize that Bradley Grobler picked up an injury as well. Yeah. Um, so he had to left. Uh, he had to left. He had to leave the the squad to go home. And I think with him being in, hello, sir, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I think if he was in the starting eleven, uh, I'm not saying things would have been different, but he's on a, a, a proper high. And so is Kermit Erasmus. I mean, it's a it's a bizarre. Um, person to leave out isn't it yeah um but yeah like i said slew i don't get excited about bafana bafana I, I don't you know what i mean it's i mean to concede two goals against a team like this 
okay, we've scored four, but to concede two is just criminal, man. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't. Uh, you should be winning these five, six, seven, no. Yeah. Um, and 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 you said uh, Sudan won as well, right? So Sudan beat Ghana, which puts <laughs> pressure on us still. Like we thought we were going to be happy. We but... thought we were clean and dry, bro. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, no. But yo, I, I'm not excited. Yeah. I haven't been about Bafana for a very long time. We spoke last week, Teko, that we've got a good squad. We've got some very good players individually, and. Yeah. Um, it just shows us, and I don't know if it's the coach's fault, but we're not. It's not being utilised properly. Um, and I think if I think if it is, um, we've got a force to be reckoned with. Having said that, we all know that uh, the international coach's job is hard. He gets about two weeks to work with the guys, sometimes one week. So it's very very difficult. But yeah, uh, uh, choice of selection of players questionable. Um, to have someone like Kermit not starting is a bit of a bizarre one, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think. Are you sick? Have you got a Have you got a blocked nose there, my boy? Yeah, my friend. I've been struggling with flu. You remember that Cape Town weather that I came to? Flu. <laughs> I've got my inverted commas up here. <laughs> flu. Okay. Don't worry, the vaccine is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Look, I think. I think. Um, <clears throat> first of all, um, um, as much as we know that uh, the Zeki's um, job is very difficult, but it becomes easier. Um, when you select, um, when you have an identity on sure. how you play, so that because you know for a fact that you've got, um, you know, a short uh, space of time to work with the guy, so you don't have to actually work on how you uh, the identity and all that stuff because of already it's there in the, within sure. the team. So you're selecting players based on how they're gonna fit into the system. So correct, correct. So it, it should be easier like that. But yeah. but what's 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 very bizarre as well is is how do you how do you go about um, 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 using a player that has never played in, in, as a striker, mm-hmm. um, especially the first half, the game that was televised? Lebo was playing out and out as a striker. Pace yeah. was actually playing as a, on, on the left. It was very, it was very weird to actually watch. Yeah. And uh, and for me, is what are you what are you trying to achieve? Like, what is it that Lebo will do um, that you want to get out of him that other guys that plays that normal position that they wouldn't? Because at the end of the day. It, it it also questions uh, how do you select the team? Do you select based on the performance or the position that they play? Because Lebo is is an attacking midfielder. We sure. all know the, the whole country knows about that. Sure. So now when you play a South Tome game where you know for a fact that you you it's a must win. You want to dominate. This is a country that is not a footballing country. You're playing two number six that plays the same way. Mm-hmm. It it was very defensive for us. We can't even build. We can't even make five passes. It it was very weird. And then when 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 Bongani came in as a second half, he he actually uh, helped us to be calmer on the ball. And if if you notice as well, Bongani came in to play higher up the pitch, as an eight, helping mm-hmm. to attack when Dean Fimi was supposed to be the one that starts to play. Mm-hmm. And then when that that didn't work out, Bongani started dropping deep. That's when we started playing. That's when we started being creative. You, see, you could see Pacey actually playing as a nine now, yeah. making those runs. You know, keeping keeping Southampton defense. Uh, are busy and then that's when we started creating your timbers and started being more creative you could see the joy within the players as well mm. but it's just that I think that's the struggle that Bafana Bafana has been having for the past years that's mm. what we're doing and I'm, and, and I'm, expect- I'm not expecting anything different going forward because I know that we're selecting players based on okay who's playing where are they playing overseas they're coming here and then once the squad is there and then then we're, we're trying to figure out okay 
how do we piece how do we how do we piece this uh, eleven out and then make the best out of it? And then you find out that you're having players that are already playing in that position. You want to play them in the Bafana Bafana team and you're expecting them to perform better. I think sometimes we're throwing these players under the bus, we're expecting them to play better, whereas they're not playing, they're playing out of position. And I think it's unfair for players as well. And I think Fonseca as well, as much as his job is very tough, but also he's got all the time in the world because he knows that his next game is when he's got all the time in the world to actually plan, mm. pre-plan as to how he wants to approach that game and the players that he's actually looking at instead of making those decisions on the pitch. Because I think it was, for me, it was very weird actually to be, to be, to be, to be playing that way against Altome. You know, as as much as we as we won back to back, but but still, man, we've got good players, mm. way better players than Sao Tome. And I think even Sao Tome can be beaten by us, just us as, as a podcast. We can have, have a friendship <laughs> with them any day. We'll never have any issues. So I, I, for me, for me, for me, I think going forward, I think we need to we need to as much as we want to support the coach, we need to support the coach, but also we. He, he needs, he needs to, we need to have confidence in him and also he needs to have confidence in himself and his team. Yeah. I don't think he does. I mean, as, as, as at one stage, the, the camera went uh, just close to him when he was giving them instructions. Yeah. I was like, is this guy whispering or what? Yeah. Because, because he was, and, and also for me, it was like with the Mokocho and, and Dean Firmin, those are the similar players. They do the similar job. Mm-hmm. And if you have them and, 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 and you have them there on the pitch and then you don't have your... Um, Fullbacks are taking very highly on the pitch. It's, it's it doesn't make sense. We want to dominate the game. You're playing home, play the best players that you have, and have more attacking players. Play. You've got you've got the strikers on the bench. You don't even they're not even part of the squad. Yeah. You don't have a striker on the pitch. I'm just saying. I'm always saying we can't be relying on Pesita to carry the national team, guys. No. No. This is unfair. We can't be relying on players to carry the national team. There's so many guys. We can't be relying on Temba Zohane to always come through. I mean, guys, everybody has a responsibility to carry the national team. And I think it's high time that every player that has been selected into the national team be playing in the right position so that they can give the best that they can, like they do in their teams. Yeah. That's all. So, so I mean, to, just to add in there, I mean, so if I look at the starting 11 and, and how defensive he did go, do you think he sort of doubted the quality of us, I mean, to go defensive against a team like that is, like you say, is bizarre. Do you think there's some sort of fear, like proper fear in him that um, we have to get a result here? So let's go defensive. We might get one or two goals and I'm happy with that. Look, if, if, if he has a fear of trying to get results, I think that's fair. They should have that. It shows that he's human and, and also you mean well, but also is you have all your technical team to be... Uh, uh, advising on certain things as well. You're relying on the whole team to be advising on certain things as well. As much as you work with the guys the whole week of training, and I'm sure that knowing Southampton how it is, I think you you want to put your first foot front, uh, your first foot forward first. Yeah. Aha! <laughs> English. <laughs> English is juggling me. Here he so is. Now, so that that's what you want to you're trying to do. And and for me is 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 as you're looking at you're looking at the defense that we had. And and we we not uh, we don't have a defenders we don't have defenders in the national team that can actually start playing from the back. That's the truth. Yeah. Mm. And now what you want what you're trying to do is if you have that you know you're gonna have to have a midfielder that will always come through and help us to play and start the play because we've got players that are very attacking minded that are very skillful. They need to get the balls. First half, my brother, we're playing all those long balls. Yeah. Mm. Like it was it was so weird. It was so boring. Like. Yo, dude, like I was always on my phone because I couldn't understand why we're playing this way. But then 
yes, in, uh, yes, at that time it was Bungani Zungu came in and helped us to play. And and I understand that that Bungani Zungu is is one of our top players right now, but it, it could be anybody. Mm. But it's just mm. it's just that it's the way how we play. I think I think as much if you want to use Dean Fimen and and Kamakhalo Mokocho, it needs to be very strategic. Maybe you want to consolidate the results. Do you understand yes, what I'm yes, saying? But yes, not if yes. you want results, you can't be playing two six guys. Right. It, yeah. it, it doesn't work because we don't have your your we, we don't have ball playing team where we can actually rotate the ball when our full backs are high up with the adding numbers. And then that's fine. Yeah. But we don't have that in the national team. We we we're still struggling. We're still trying to figure out what system we want to play, which, which way we want to approach the games, and and even if we do qualify, which we will qualify. I hope that when we get to Alcorn, this is not the case. We're not going to be looking around and and playing a false nine day and and no guys. Yeah, and this is this is something right. that I want to ask you know about the next Afcon. You know, he's going to be my my Arsenal reference for the day. Oh, watching the geez. watching the watching the first halves of both matches, by the way, felt like watching a bad Arsenal team, or, or uh, also known as an Arsenal team. Um, and so, uh, but at, le- at least when it comes to Arsenal, I'm watching them play English Premiership teams. You know, when I'm watching Bafana play, we're playing Sudan, which is a war-torn nation. Yeah. We're playing Sao Tome, which I hear is beautiful this type of time of year. <laughs> should look at the Google images. <laughs> yeah. It looks gorgeous, but it's not a soccer country. And so I wonder when we come up against the Ghanas and the Nigerias, what's going to happen? So uh, mm. just a basic prediction, say hypothetically, we qualified and AFCON was now in January as mm. originally scheduled. Where would Bafana finish? Honestly, it's, it's, I think with the right team selection, we're up there. We really are. I yeah. honestly believe yeah. that. And if we're given a, you know, a three to four week camp, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, we have the players, Lou. We, we, we really do. It's just about team selection. It's about self-belief. It's about getting that identity, which Teko has said numerous times, and I agree 100% that we don't have. Yeah. Bafana Bafana yeah. do not have an identity. And because of that, we're going to go nowhere unless that changes. Yeah. And also, and also, and also uh, Sean, is, is these players have been coached. You know, in their teams, they've got good coaches that have been coached. Mm-hmm. So now, when you need, to, you need to also trust the players that they will understand the system. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need four weeks to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to drill in the system. And this is a national team. The national team should have an identity on how they play. Sure. Every player that has been selected into the national team, that's when you sit with the, uh, the, the younger ones or the new ones that are coming into the national team. You actually explain them, the guys in the national team, this is how we play. Yeah. The other ones that have been there, they should know exactly how we play. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so for me, is even if a national coach has three days, you have the core of the team. The core of the team understands how we play. Yeah. 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 It shouldn't be an issue. But now the issue is we don't know how we play because we're approaching every game differently, which we understand, which is which which is fair. But also is we need to take advantage of of of, of your islands. You know, <laughs> we, we we're playing guys that are fishermen's and whatever the case might be. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. need to take advantage of that because because now you and also you, you want to build the confidence within the country itself. Never mind the players. You want to build the confidence with the country because the country needs to be supporting you. Sure. And lately, Bafana Bafana, the country hasn't been supporting them, not because of the results, because of how we play, because yeah. we know we're capable of playing good football. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If we play good football, the results will come. And I know that when you play the big countries, your Nigeria, your Ghana, the confidence will be up. Guys will, will, will come in into play. But that's when you rely on individual brilliances. Mm. Mm. Where, I, until I when are we going to rely on players to, to, to do... Like I'm saying, like the reason why I'm saying we, we, we can't be relying on Pesita to do to carry it is because we're relying on him, this brilliance, uh, his individual brilliance, Simba Zwane. When are we going to actually be playing as a team, unified, and you can see... 
the direction of where the team is going. When you lose the ball, you can see what the, what the, what the team is doing. That's what I'm saying. That if you, Even if you have four weeks, you have players, you, you're selecting players that you know very well that are very, that are very coached. You can't be telling Bungana what to do with the ball. He's coached. Yeah. He's been coached for so many years. You can't tell Timbazwani where to move. He's been coached. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A, a definite need for trust in the players for sure. And, 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 this over-reliance on star players never works. We've seen it with Argentina. Um, you know, a reliance on one or two guys is just, it's, it's going to set you back. But we move from there into pole position. Pole position. Pole position is where we ask you guys a question on Facebook. Sometimes we ask the supporters club and we asked, uh, can Patrice win the CAF presidency? And what would that mean? A couple guys sent in voice notes. Have a listen. Uh, I think... Because of between AKF and South Africa. But my AKF, baby, don't say don't or whatever. But now I think because of knowledge, I know. So, Petros Mutsepe will win the election because he's a successful businessman and we can also judge him by the performance of Mamelodi Sundowns. He managed it well. Yeah, so Patrice Mutsepe running for the CAF presidency in March of next year. Um, it's also something that's uh, discussed in the Sokolo Duma newspaper that you can pick up for five bucks in the uh, CS Five rand. Five rand, yo. Wow. Coins, yo. Oh. The, the big coin. Um, <laughs> so, Mutsipe will stand against Augustine Senghor of Senegal, incumbent Ahmed, uh, sorry, Ahmad Ahmad, uh, and Jacques Anuma of Ivory Coast, as well as Ahmad Yaya of Mauritania. So, couple of couple of Ahmeds in there. Yeah, a few yeah. Ahmads. Um, <laughs> Senghor uh, submitted his nomination late, so he might not even qualify. And then Ahmad, the Ahmad Ahmad Ahmad. Oh, right, right. Um, he's facing a possible FIFA ban after allegedly breaching the world football governing body's code of ethics. So Mutsipe has got a clean record. His ownership of Daun, their presence on the continent, um, the good relationships he's kept over the years, uh, it gives him a, a pretty good shot and, and he looks like the cleanest candidate. Uh, what do you think a Patrice presidency would mean for CAF, which has been under fire for years now? Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. In my opinion, I mean, have one of our own up, up at the top to bring stability, to clean it up. I mean, it's it's what it's what we're lacking, probably in the PSL as well of some, of some sorts. But it's just, uh, 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 you know, people are saying, you know, he's a businessman. What does he know about football? But you know, if if you look at proper proper big dogs in in all industries, I think Elon Musk said it best. He said, "I never went to Harvard, but the people that worked for me did." Yeah, you know, so yeah. you know, if he can solidify his position there and get people around him, that's I wouldn't say know what they're doing, but certainly are top of their field within CAF, he could be there for the rest of his life. And then from there, move to FIFA, right? That, yeah. that's, that's the goal. There's guys in the Safa, there's guys in the Safa, <laughs> there's guys in Safa who think that he could challenge for the FIFA presidency down the line. But Agreed. CAF is the, is the building block. Uh, Deco, you've uh, been one of his players before. What do you make of uh, uh, his challenge for the presidency? So have I. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Thanks. What's going on What's going on here? Jeez. You both have. <laughs> I'm out of here, bro. <laughs> what do you make of it? Look, man. I think um, it's high time that we have somebody from South Africa in there, you know, and since South Africa 
especially in football terms. I mean, um, the whole of Africa is watching us now. The whole of Africa is speaking about us now. And 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 if there's one thing that I'll if 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 it happens, and I wish that it happens, that it becomes the president of Kev, which means the money that comes in there, it will be used right. Yeah. Finally, somebody will use the money where it's supposed to go. And I think maybe those who try and block it is because they know that, you know, if if, if it happens, it becomes the president. You use the money right. Yeah. And know, he can't and, be bought. He so, can't be bought. You know what I'm saying? And this is like he does the buying. <laughs> 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 so I think I think it's high time that we have a South African candidate there, and yeah. that just I just hope that he will win it. And then from there, yeah, like you said, I think FIFA should be the next step. But but I think you now we've got so many issues within CAF itself. I think if we can clean that up, and then and then you know so that we can have all these uh, nice things that we we see in, in in other tournaments in Europe, because I think Africa as well, we've got so many players that are dominating Europe. But they don't want to come back. We all know the issues. They don't want to come back because of Kev. There's always a story with Kev. Yes. There's always issues with Kev, and then we end up not having all these nice games. Other 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 games are not televised in other countries. There's always serious series of issues with Kev, and I think it's high time that somebody steps in there and you know clean up with a new broom and then they start afresh and let's see where where he'll go. But I, like you said, Sean, I think mm. if he if he gets into that seat and get people that have been there, maybe that did a great job before to come in and help him push things very quickly and then he can learn his ropes from there but I think he went in there knowing exactly what is it that he wants to do the thing the, the things that he wants to change and he has done it in South Africa he's been yeah. dominant with his team for the last 10 years yeah. and I think it's possible for him to do that in CAF as well yeah, yeah I agree I'm hoping that like we can bridge this gap between these North African countries and the rest of the continent and you know we're, we're making strides you know uh, Peter Musumani is the coach of the biggest club on the continent <laughs> Uh, and now we have a guy running for the presidency. So hopefully... So so, so would that mean, uh, Slu, he would have to give up his... Or he would have to step down from Sundance? Uh, so uh, this is this is uh, what they also analyzed in the CS special. So the CAF rules state that you can own a club and, and still run for the presidency. And that's fine. That's clear. But then Safa President Danny Jordan comes through and he's like, nah, uh, from a governance perspective, he'd have to uh, uh, give up his... His, his, his power at sundowns because it would affect his um it's like it's like a conflict of interest is, right. is what he's saying right. so technically speaking he can but if he wants it sounds like what danny is saying is if he wants suffers full support in his run he's gonna have to relinquish power at sundowns which interesting i wonder i wonder how much support there really is does he need them you know come what i mean on. Come, does he need them that's yeah. that's what i was gonna ask yeah. like, come on danny jordan was just shit yeah. <laughs> hey, Relax. No, no, Slow down, Danny. Yeah, no. no the, th the thing is, the, the thing is, guys. Like, we if we're not gonna support our own, uh, there's a problem already. Mm. You mm. know, this uh, Danny Jordan's and the guys that went went through to to try and and bring the World Cup into 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 this continent were supported. Yeah. You know, irrespective, we supported them, and I think the whole of the con uh, the continent on its own. I think supported South Africa in bringing the World Cup. Yeah. Right. It was great, you know. Danny Jordan will always remember you for that. But again, guys, we're moving forward with times. There's new minds, there's new brains, new things that needs to be done. And when people feel like they can do a little bit of change, a little bit of this, let's support them. Sure. Let's not, cause, cause now, cause now, if if like Mutsipe knew exactly what he's getting himself into, he's mm. not gonna give up Mamelodi Sundowns just to be in the position of Kev. Because yeah. you must understand, going into Kev, it's, it's not like he needs the money for Kev. So, yeah. Teko, my question is, 
what's his goal here? Do you think his goal is to become FIFA president? Is that is that the goal? Because it's bizarre that he's got he surely he's got too much on his plate. I mean, yeah. I think I think it's another challenge for the guy as yeah. well yeah. because because you know he's done all he can do and more with Sundowns and right. You know, CAF has always pre- presented an issue to mm. South Africa in a way, yeah. and I think he sees an opportunity to clean that up. I don't know what you yeah, think. And, and and also is 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 because of Sundowns being playing the Champions League for so many years. I think he's exposed to those things. He knows exactly what is it that he will try to change. Yes, you yes. know, not not only for Sundowns, for 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 other 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 teams as well. So yeah. So in my in, in my opinion is if look at how Sundowns uh, has been playing there and and with all the logistics, all the problems that it comes through, with all the money that uh, that they have. Imagine if. There's a team like that that plays there every season, but with no backing of the money like Sundowns. There's yeah. always there's always going to be a problem. So I'm sure that like, he knows exactly what's happening inside. And he, like you said, Slut, he's got all this uh, friendship that he's been, you know, uh, having for so many years. And 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 I'm, and I promise you, I know that many people that are uh, 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 team owners are good team owners within the continent, and so they're backing him up. They know exactly what is it that he's going to do. But he just did for for somebody at Safa who is big like Jenny Denis Jordan to come out and say something like this. I mean, for me, is guys, let's let's start supporting our own. Mm. When are we going to start supporting our own? Mm. That's all I'm saying. Let's support our own because now we 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 always tend to to to. You know, to overlook guys that we know very well, we always want to support. Like, what did you, what did you say that guy was? The the whatever the case might be, we always want to, <laughs> Ahmad, Ahmad, Ahmad. Ahmad. We always want to support guys that we don't know, the guys that we met because they smiled at us, they shook hands with us, but we don't support our own. I think there's a fear of change. People know that when he gets into that position, there's so many changes that will happen, and many people are not comfortable with change. Yeah, I think right. that's the fear. I think I think people are just scared that we know that if he gets into that seat, the changes are imminent, and people are scared of that change. Yeah, potential. And I mean, the thing is that I think whatever whatever change he brings will benefit the country as a whole. So so we got to back him up there. Uh, and from South Africa and Africa, we look to the international news desk. And for that, we are joined by Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, international news correspondent for Soccer La Duma. How are you doing, Mr. Kurt? What's up, Slew? What's up, gentlemen? What's, What's, good? What's up? What's up? What's up? We are good. So uh, we had an international break, uh, which should have been a very slow news week. But in terms of uh, the European continent, a lot happened. Uh, so yeah. England... Uh, uh, did not make it to the UEFA Nations League finals. Um, mm-hmm. But a new star has emerged. Mr. Dra- Jack Grealish put on a show against Belgium despite the loss. Um, what did you make of his performance? And do you think that he's England's new midfield general? Sue, um, I think you know the answer. It's yes. <laughs> I really, really like this guy. And um, I've been saying it for a while. I don't mean to, um, you know, I, a shameless plug. I wrote an article about Grealish um, just last week before the international break or ahead of the international break, basically calling for a bigger role um, in in that England side um, under Southgate. Um, We all saw what happened. He wasn't in the team. He was basically called up by default um, in the the most recent one. And then um, he's now in on merit, absolutely. Mm. But, uh, you know, he's, he's always been a talented footballer. I've always liked Grealish. 
but he's now mature enough to handle pressure situations. He's now mature enough to want the ball every single time he's available. Um, and I've always said, and I will say it again, the most important thing a player can have is personality. Mm-hmm. You can have talent, um, you can, but, but that's just the base. That's just the foundation. Character, you know, is everything in the sport and in sport in general. And he's got that in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's now added an end product. Um, he's not just among the leading playmakers in the Premier League, but in Europe. And I mean that in terms of actual chance creation. So in terms of numbers, in his output, he's actually up there. Um, he should not be measured alongside James Madison of Leicester City and Mason Mount of Chelsea. He's in a category above those players. Mm, mm. Um, and his numbers compared to Bruno Fernandes and Kevin De Bruyne, he really is up there right now. And I don't think that's just on form. I think he's a very, very good footballer. And people a while ago discredited him by, by saying he looks good because he's in a, a poor Aston Villa side. Um, so he stands out because he's the only one who can kick a ball. But now he's bossing it at international level. He's mm. playing with players of a similar quality and he's standing out above those guys. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just, I really, really was so impressed with him, but I'm not surprised at all. He, he looked like the best player on the field um, and now, you know, commentators and, and English media are comparing him to like Gascoigne. And, <laughs> but he was the best player on the field. Mm. And there was Kevin De Bruyne on that field. There was an inform Romelu Lukaku. There was Harry Kane on that field. But Jack really stood above all of those guys. So, yeah, man, I'm really not surprised. I've been, I've been saying this for a while. This guy's really, really good. He's, he's, he's added that end product and, uh, you know... He's, uh, it's paying off. He's a, he's a brilliant footballer. So, I really like him. Sounds like you've got a bit of a man crush there, Kurt. <laughs> oh, big time. Big time. Seen the guy's carb, Sean. <laughs> hey, look, I've seen a lot of people thirsting over Grealish on the Twitter streets. But, um, it's the legs, bro. Do you think, do you think that Southgate is in trouble for his position because I, I've seen like just like we were talking with Malefi and Zeki, his selection can be a bit shaky um, you know yeah. um, I saw um, the previous match before the Belgium game the, the Arsenal youngster Bukayo Saka he won man of the match and then he was dropped in, pl- in place of Chilwell um, yeah Chilwell goes off injured and then Saka comes on and I think he had the second highest chance creation of the game. I think only only second to Grealish. But there just seems to be this like lack of consistency. And, and you've got a guy like Sancho who doesn't seem to be contributing much to the to the English mm-hmm. side. He did score, score score for the first time in a while recently. But mm. do you think yeah. that do you think that Southgate is having some issues and do you think that um, his job is on the line? I don't know if it's on the line yet. It's probably too early for that. But I do think that England are regressing slowly. Um, I think that when Southgate came into the job, there was like this resurgence. The team started playing better football. It was more exciting. He had a lot of attacking players on the field at once. Mm-hmm. And it was quite, you know, it was thrilling to see Rashford and Sterling and Kane and Sancho and all these very promising English guys who are all very young. Um, but now he seems to have... I don't know. I think he fancies himself a bit of a as, a as a bit of a tactician. This guy. So I think that he's overthinking. I think that I think uh, you know he's going into games with with five defenders now. He's got a midfield two of of Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson. Now those guys are are these. Of course, they're good footballers. Yeah. But in a two man midfield, Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson is not going to create many chances for you. I know that that isn't their job. But it's very, very uninspiring and very unentertaining. So I think that people are now 
Um, I, definitely fans in England ha- are fed up and they, they can't believe that Southgate was ever given the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they accepted it once the team began to play exciting football. But now there's this like, yeah, he's overthinking. His selection is, is very dodgy. Um, the way that he handled the Harry Maguire situation was really dodgy. Um, Jack Grealish, this whole thing has been quite embarrassing. I think Jack Grealish is, uh, well, this situation rather has kind of exposed Southgate because he's basically put Grealish in the side because of pressure from from fans and now Grealish has showed to be you know one of or potentially can be one of England's most important players yeah um so for a coach to find or to 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 basically be told that by by a fan base is quite embarrassing so yeah I definitely think they've gone backwards but I'm not sure they they would be considering sacking him at this point and from there, I, I want to get into this next story because I feel like this is the one where we can have a b- little bit of a debate. Right? So Liverpool's entire injury list is, it's, it's, it's becoming ridiculous at this point. It's becoming a mockery, but uh, the, the most embarrassing person who, who's on that list is not injured. He's now having to self-isolate because of COVID-19 and that's one Mohamed Salah. Now, mm. Salah's a nice guy, right? He, and he has that... Is he? He has that persona. <laughs> is he really? He has that persona, at least, online. People he does. Say, oh, he's, he's a sweetheart on Twitter and I can't handle it. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. He has to catch criticism now because I get it. It's your family. But homie was, was out here with the, with the vibes at his brother's wedding. Mm. Catches he COVID-19. He was whooping and naying. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was hitting the dab at his bro's wedding. And he caught COVID. And here's the thing. When you're on international duty, it exposes the Egyptian squad and potentially, um, you know, sets your team back. And this is a team whose defense has just crumbled under the weight of injury. So... Um, what do you make of it, firstly, from your perspective? Because I can tell that there's a little bit of, um, I'll, I'll say, sourness towards Salah. Animosity. <laughs> animosity. An- animosity, I was going to say animosity. Yeah. That's the right word. Uh, what do you make of this situation? What was your initial reaction? Well, obviously, I think it's ridiculous. And I think that the Egyptian FA, all they did was announce that he had contracted coronavirus. And I just love that there's so much more context here. He was at his brother's wedding where there were 800 people on a dance floor and his mask was pulled below his nose. It was actually under his chin. So I, I do laugh at people like because as soon as Salah contracted the virus, all of Liverpool fans on Twitter were saying things like, oh, this international break has been so ridiculous. Another player contracts the virus. It's like, yeah, if he wasn't break dancing on the <laughs> dance floor of his brother's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> you know? Okay, Sean, what do you, what do you make of this? No, it's 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 embarrassing, man. I mean, it's a, a player of that stature at that level. Um, okay, it's your brother's wedding. I get it. You you might have to go, but uh, but yeah, to to be doing uh, flick flacks on the dance floor with your uh, <laughs> you know, with your mask down. I don't know, bro. It's, it it leaves a very sour taste in my mouth, especially um, you know you're playing for one of the biggest teams in the world in terms of Liverpool, and you've you've got to fight for and. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not good. Oh, wait, how is there even 800 people allowed at a place uh, right now? Because Who knows? Like, it's like, what, 33 people allowed in a stadium for a soccer match? Damn, so, I think it's 500 max in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in like at a party. That's what they, they call it, a party. But Slu and yeah. Sean and Teko, did you guys see Mido's comments on this, the former Egyptian striker? Former no. uh, Spurs player. He, no, had no. A, he had a huge go at Salah um, and, he, and at the Egyptian FA for not blaming Salah or not calling Salah out and just announcing that he had contracted coronavirus 
but without condemning his actions. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he basically accused the Egyptian a, uh, FA of being scared of Salah. Um, he accused Salah of having too much power. And yeah, it was just a very interesting rant, but it was a long, long rant. There was a, we covered it on Soccer Adiva, but yeah. Uh, Mido has been waiting for this opportunity. <laughs> oh, big time. I was thinking the same thing, Teko. Mido took the fight, though, I think. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Teko, let me ask you this, because there's another player uh, who, again, it only just, just so happens to be an Arsenal player, Mohamed El Neni, who's now also contracted the virus from the same camp. So, Teko, what, uh, imagine someone from the Bafana camp that you're at goes off to a wedding, comes back and gives you COVID. How would you want that player punished? Sure, sure. <laughs> what a question, Sue. <laughs> Look, for me, I still believe that you, you can actually contract this virus in so many ways. But also, yeah. looking at Salah's case, he was being irresponsible and, like Shona said, a player of his caliber playing for such a big team and is a very important player in that team. Mm, I think yeah. that's being irresponsible, you know. And 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 for me, is whoever comes and gives me COVID, knowing and and I know exactly what is it that he was doing, ah, uh, there, there should be a fine. There should be something that needs to be done because that actually play, actually plays a role in. And, 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 and me, as a person and as a player, you know, I need to go and self-isolate and missing a chance of playing in my team. There's so many things that goes on into this, but I think yeah. with Salah's case, I think there should be something that needs to be done by by uh, by, by the Federation in Egypt, but we all know that he won't, they won't do it because of the power that he has, because of the player that he is in the, within the team. For the fact that he was allowed to go to a wedding of 800 people, that says a lot, yeah. you know, and, and for me, is it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how Klopp will deal with this issue, knowing for the fact that within the team itself, there's so much pressure, there's so many injuries, they still need to do good, they still need to look good on the pitch, and he's relying on all these top players, and now one of his top players was being uh, caught being irresponsible, so it's, for me, is it will be very interesting to see how Liverpool deals with it more than the national team itself. Guys, can I tell yeah. you the funniest part of this thing to me, right? Is that a few days after th the story comes out, the hotel that Salah was uh, self-isolating at, on the bottom floor, like in the foyer area, there's another wedding. Does Salah not walk out onto his balcony and photobomb the couple? No and I'm ways. like, Salah, this no, is not the time. Sake. No way. This is this not is the time no for way. this. Oh, That's not a it's, it's, But it's also very unlike him, hey? Is it sure? Like, yeah, he, it's very uh, unlike I, him. I think he's, just, he's the type of guy who sort of keeps to himself. Now he's photobombing wed wedding people. It's weird. It's bizarre. Is it unlike him? Maybe someone get this man a beer, bro. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe there's are situations where it actually exposes the real Salah. And yeah, also, that's you, you think, must understand yeah. that Salah has never been in this position ever in his life before, where he becomes a superstar, that he carries the team, and the whole world speaks about it, you know? So sometimes, guys, we might, we, might, we might think that players can react very well, you need to continue being that personality, but personalities grow, personalities change. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the examples that we see. Personalities change, he knows that he's carrying the team, he knows how important he is, he knows that he can do whatever that he wants and gets away with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, Slew, I just want to explain the, the sour taste in my mouth. And obviously I'm kidding and I'm just playing on it. But um, I, it just there was this article I read a while ago about Salah and how he is treated differently uh, to other players on international duty and how he wants his own hotel room, how he doesn't want to have people staying with him. How, you know, so I've just read a few things about his personality over the years since he's become the superstar. Um and, I, you know, I just don't think that he's as grounded as, as he once was. And that's okay. You know, he's a human being who, of course, 
you know, enjoys the limelight and things like that. So fair enough, but that's where I'm coming from, boys. I'm, but I'm obviously teasing. Uh, you heard it here first. Kurt saying f- Mohammed Salah. Um, <laughs> uh, just playing. But uh, thank you for uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt. And have a solid one, yeah. Cool, gentlemen. Cheers, boys. Away. Away. All right. Uh, I'm gonna hit the rewind button to the beginning of October when one Patrick Osems landed in South Africa for the first time. A Belgian coach. He said, "I'm gonna take Black Leopards to the next step." You know what I mean? I've done it in the Tanzanian Premier League. I've won that. How year. hard can it be? You know what I'm saying? Like, let me, let me, let me show Black Leopards how it's done. He had three matches. <laughs> he lost all three. Damn. And now he's been fired. So you know, there's a there's a tweet that popped back up on my timeline that's hilarious now where he landed in, in South Africa he's like just landed <laughs> people have reposted it now because he has to fly out again <laughs> just leaving <laughs> so uh, what do you, you guys make is okay, this so. the shortest I mean I wonder so if you could do some research what is the shortest time or the amount of games a coach has ever had at a, at a, at a club ooh here's the thing um, in terms of matches played yes Matches played, I think um, one Rulani Mukwena actually had two fewer. Yes. He only coached one match yes. for Chipper United before well he went back to well Sunderland. So, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, look, three losses, three out of three. I mean, you've got to give the guy at least 10 games. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. But again, uh, guys, we, we talk about Black Leopards scraping the barrel every single season. Can they just get relegated for good now, please? And go. <laughs> wow. And go. Wow. But but there is hope mm. because Dylan Kerr is a very, very, very good coach. Yes. If the management backs him, which they didn't do at Barocca. Um, he's a very good coach. He gets along with the players very, very well. And now he's got a, you know, he got a tattoo of Barocca on his, on, on his body. No. Yeah, dude. You lie. I swear to God, he got a tattoo of Barocca after oh. they survived <laughs> <laughs> the relegation. And then they told him to off and now he's at Black Clippers so I'm interesting to see what happens oh man now he's gonna get that covered mm. up oh jeez <laughs> well, why would you do that bro? it's like getting a, your girlfriend's name tattooed bro you just don't do it <laughs> now Deco I was actually gonna ask you about this first because at the end of last season you had a lot of strong words about Black Leopards and their continued relegation fights and, uh, and here mm. they are bottom of the table again where they where, where they almost always are uh, what do you mm. make of them firing a coach after three matches look first of all um, Black Leopards they were they're supposed to be on the log um they, they 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 occupy that position better than anybody. <laughs> I'm they hold it down. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But look, look, I I, I believe I believe um, um, I had hope, especially after watching Black Leopards play in the playoffs. I had hope that you know things might change. They've learned their lesson, and uh, they they understand the struggle that they they had coming back into the PSL. You know, and for me, it was like, okay, cool. Now that they've survived, they're back into the PSL. They need to re-strategize and and actually try and get better players to come and help them. Now, and looking at Bitford versus the situation, I was like, okay, it should be all system go for them. You know, get in the players, uh, the players that will actually help them, maybe on loan, whatever the case may be. Do whatever that you can for you to actually finish in a respectable position. Because once that happens, you're actually able to attract players, good players to come and play for your team. Mm. We all know that that didn't happen. And we always know that the Black Leopards, the way they play, yes, they play entertaining football, but with no results. This is a team that that played three games within the league. They haven't scored a goal. 
Mm. Against Barocca, it was an on goal. They had probably maybe less than 15 shots on target in three games. Mm. They've conceded so many goals. This is, there's a problem. Yeah. You know, and I don't think uh, uh, with, with the new coach, Dylan Kerr, will actually get there and actually start fixing everything else because that's been the problem that has been there for two years. Exactly. So, will, will, will he be given time anyway to try to fix it? That's the thing. Sometimes I, I don't understand why you fire a coach uh, because there is a mandate, but also there's, you know, there's, there's panics. Teams panics because I understand that they're panicking because they don't want to find themselves in that situation again, which they are in now, right now. So they're trying to change things as quickly as possible. Mm. But not understanding as well that with, with whatever that you can change, Right, because some 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 team owners believe that this coach is making us play the type of football that we're not used to or we don't mm. like as a team as a team owner. Mm. But also, the, the, the truth of the matter is, look at the players that you have, mm. Mm. and and actually realize and see if uh, this is the team that can actually play the type of football that you want in your head. Because now most of the teams they don't want they don't want to sign players. They don't want to groom players. If you don't want to sign players, you better have a better development structure where you can bring in players, quality players. Mm. But there's no, the whoever that is scouting for Black Clippers clearly is not doing his job. Mm. Like for me, it doesn't matter who they bring in, the type of coaches that they can change, whatever happens, whoever that is scouting for Black Clippers is not doing their job because every time Black Clippers is in that position for so many years, ever since I've known Black Clippers, Black Clippers has been candidates after candidates are being relegated for how long guys mm-hmm. i mean for me for me and and you must understand that uh, as a player i hated going there because it's too far mm-hmm. and and also mm-hmm. was it, it, it's 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 not easy playing in those conditions it's not please it's not easy playing black leopards at, at toyando because of the fans and whatever the case might be it's not easy they should be using that as a at, at, uh, to the advantage and also is for me is guys um when the season ends board meeting, bring everybody that's supposed to be there, strategize new season. Okay, guys, this is this is the position that we're going to end up in. How do we get there? And mm. who can come in and help us in, into, into, in, into getting that position there? Mm. Have a technical di- advisor or director, whatever the case might be, which players are available, which players can we afford from which team. And those are the type of things that you're doing while before the season ends, when Black Clippers was in the playoff, they, should, they were supposed to do that already. Yeah. yeah. That guys, if we survive here, these are these are our targets, three targets, whatever the case might be. The other teams that are still new in the team, they're doing that. Your yeah. TTM, uh, of course, is doing their own things. There's so many, uh, but they had a plan. Yeah. Irrespective of all the shit thing that's happening, but they had a plan. Whether it works out or not, that's a different story. Mm. Morocco Salos. New into the team, they're doing exceptionally well in how they sign. You can see there's, there's, there's a lot of thinking behind it. With mm. Black Leopards, they still believe that the players that they put them in that situation last season will put them in a different position this season mm. without adding anybody. It's impossible, guys. Guys, you can't walk on, uh, in, in the rain without any raincoat or umbrella and not expect it to be wet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's nice, crazy. Nice metaphor. So, so for me, I don't. I, I strongly. I, 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 look, I wish Black Clippers can come back and 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 be in a better position because it's it's exciting. Whatever the case may be, whether I hate it going there or not, but still, it's always nice to see Black because of the history the Black Clippers has been having within the PSL. Mm-hmm. I want them to play well. I want them to do well. Whatever the case might be, the league needs to be stronger. And by league need to be stronger. All these teams need to be stronger so that they can all fight for the championship. They can all fight to win the leagues, the trophies, whatever the case. Stop fighting for, for relegation and top eight and whatever the case might be. For yeah. me, is David Tidal needs to sit down and look at himself in the in, in the mirror and actually look at what is it that he's doing wrong and look at all the teams 
um, um, and check what is it that they're doing right. And, and sometimes it's not about the player that you sign and how much you're giving in the player. It's about the people that are around you. What type of work are they putting in into the team? Sure. Because for me, there's so many quality players in Glare Africa. There's so many quality players in MDC that I can bring in, that I don't have to spend millions of millions of rands to actually pay them. Yeah. That can come in and make a difference within the team and find a coach that believes in what I'm trying to do and give him a chance and tell the coach, coach, I'm bringing this new players because I want this to happen. I want this to happen. If this doesn't happen in January, I know that I can you, you do build relationships. I can go to Sundowns and loan, ask for a loan, two players. I can go there. and That's what you do. But yeah. those who do that in January when things are not going well. Yeah, and don't and and give them, give them more than three games, you know. Um, and uh, speaking of three games, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a preview here for this weekend's DSTV Premiership action. <laughs> so uh, first things first, there's gonna be Golden Arrows versus Kaiser Chiefs. Golden Arrows. Um, off to a pretty good start. One win, two draws. Uh, they looked good against Supersport United, where they won three one. Mm. Um, Kaiser Chiefs. Shakyish start. Obviously, Gavin is still figuring things out. Um, what do you guys see score wise uh, looking at that game? Oh, man, I'm going with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm going with a, a. I'm going with a two-two draw. Two-two draw. Yeah, that's All what right. I'm going for. Deco, your thoughts? Hey guys, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be on the Chiefs again because I'm getting a lot of sleep. People think I actually hate Chiefs, and I don't. We but, love. Don't worry, but, Junior Kanye will take the heat for you. But <laughs> I, I don't want to go into that. But <laughs> my own personal opinion. <laughs> but look, with with Kansas Chiefs, I think with what Kama has got now, maybe might bring into the team, you know, with the confidence. And I also think that Label Manyama playing in the national team, those two games that win the spirit. The striker. Yeah, but also the feeling as well. The feeling of winning, you know, might bring into the team. And those are the key players within Kale Chiefs uh, institution. And I think uh, it's going to be a, a, a boring 1-1 draw. But if it happens that these guys come back with good spirit, I think maybe this might be the turnaround for Kaiser Chiefs. I hope so. So I'm on the fence. All right. Uh, the next one is Super Sports United versus Orlando Pirates, a big one. Um, I actually spoke to Super Sports United coach Ketano Tembo, and uh, uh, he predicts an end to end high scoring fixture because of uh, how these two teams play. And they've both added attacking weapons in the offseason. So, what do you think score wise for that one? Yeah, I, I agree with Ketano there for sure. Um, Super sports, although they've they haven't had a great start, have they? Um, I just want to go back to they're okay in the league. It's the, they'll be disappointed with the MTN eight being yeah, not. they're okay. Okay, they, they beat TTM unconvincingly. <laughs> they beat Black, uh, yeah, uh, they lost to Golden Arrows. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm going for a, a 2 1 Orlando Pirates victory. All right, all right, they're <laughs> I'm going with Orlando Pirates victory because whenever Pirates play Super Sport, the person, especially in Super Sport, play big games. Trump has always been the guy mm. that, that that always you know raises up his hand. And him being injured, not sure whether he's going to play or not. I don't think there's anybody that will come in and replace him and do the same job that he does. Yeah. So for me, I think Orlando Pirates will actually have a full day on against this team. I think two zero. Mm. Uh, one thing that I, I think 
uh, we should all look out for in that game is uh, you've seen Super Sports United are playing that youngster, Keegan Phillips, mm. uh, at right back. He's going to have his hands full with Dion Hotto, who absolutely decimated Chiefs in the mm. MTNA semifinal. So that's an interesting matchup to look out for. Um, yeah. And then lastly, Sundowns versus Amazulu. Amazulu have pretty much completely new look side uh, they've added a lot of pieces uh, but sundowns is sundowns face lift, you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've got some botox there so so but sundowns is sundowns who have basically added another 11 yeah. of, of great players so what do you think of of, of this one yeah i think with the format sundowns are in um yeah i'm going for 3-1 memory sundowns victory all right. All right. All right. All right. Look, I think it, it shouldn't be a very difficult game for Mamrita Sundowns because against Captain City, that was a difficult game. It's always a difficult game because of how Captain City played. Sure. Ma- Ma- Amazuli has got a face lip. They're looking beautiful, but <laughs> they haven't. I don't. I don't think they. They. They haven't. Te- they've been tested as yet. Mm. And and I think for them, this will be a true test. And uh, and I haven't watched much of Amazulu, I watched one game, but I haven't actually been clear of how exactly they want to play. But I know that the standout players will always be your Mamelas, will always come and prove a point because they're playing against big teams. Because he's a good player. He's a good, very good footballer. But I think with Mamelu Sundowns' dominance, I think it's going to be a, a very difficult game for Mamelu Sundowns, but the scoreline will be like 2-0. All right. Now, uh, next week, I definitely want us to talk about the TTM debacle. I had a whole lot of research here, but we're running out of time. But here's the here's the thing. Uh, they are being taken to the PSL for dispute. So we will see what the result of that is. Uh, but uh, we will talk about that next week because it's a whole bunch of to unpack. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So... Um, Let's uh, wrap up the show. Uh, I'm going to dive into this week in football history. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. If, if you got this week, not like Simon, you had the previous week who thought it was this week, you can accept the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sue. Just no, want to I got this week. Okay. <laughs> this week back in, oh, this week back in uh, 1996, uh, Orlando Pirates beat Jomo Cosmos 1-0 in the Bob Say Super Bowl thanks to a 90th minute winner from Andres Cebola. That meant that Orlando Paris qualified for the Cup Winners' Cup in 97. This week back in 2002, former Barcelona hero Luis Figo returned to the Camp Nou for only the second time since his controversial switch to Real Madrid two years earlier. It did not go well. Now, the first time Figo returned to the Camp Nou, he was subjected to taunts and jeers. But the second time, someone threw the head of a piglet and the head of a rooster onto the pitch. I am. So, you, know, you think you think you think you've caught in some hate in your career not like figo my guy um this week back in 2008 argentina embarked upon the new diego maradona era uh where he became the coach he he started his tenure with a 1-0 victory over scotland uh but then at the world cup which of course was on south african soil uh they lost 4-0 to germany in the round of 16 and maradona's term ended in July, right after the tournament, after the Argentinian Football Association chose not to renew his contract. Uh, so it was a bit of a heartbreaking end to what looked on the surface. Do you remember that time we were like, oh, Maradona coaching Messi? <laughs> nope, it did not work out. It did not work out the way we thought. Um, but, um, you know, 
it, it, it's one of those things. I'm sure that Maradona drove home oh. in tears, you know. Oh. But uh, I wonder what type of car he must have been driving. <laughs> Damn, those intros are terrible. Think I forgot? Damn. <laughs> right. This week is Mr. Wade Eustace's BMW 420i that he was pictured with. It rivals like the Mercedes C-Class Coupe and Lexus RC challenged the 4 Series in individual areas but struggled to replicate its all-round appeal. As a result, the 4 Series has been the best seller in its class since it was introduced back in 2013, while spin-offs like the, uh, the folding hard-top convertible and rackish 4-door Grand Coupe have expanded its reach the 4 is on safe ground here. It is simply the best car to drive in its class with a genuine appetite for being lent on through corners. But you'd struggle to tell. There's never any feel. The steering is still better than what Mercedes and Lexus have to offer. In conclusion, rivals challenge the 4 Series in individual areas but struggle to replicate its all-rounder appeal. Ranging from 750000 to 1 million SA Ront, I give this an 8 out of 10. Damn, damn, damn! I have seen, I have seen the the the, the, the four series. Like they they they're pretty cars, man. It's nice. They're I'm good. not a BM fan, but that is a nice car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also, I'm also the. You know what gives BMW a bad rep is the people who drive them. But we just as a real nice. They're like guys. vegans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as we Leave vegans alone, damn. As we wrap up, you know, now that I'm back in action, now that I'm back in the hot seat behind the mic, you know what I need? I need some of that great A Sean motivation. You feel me? What you got this week? <laughs> Slew Dog. Mr. Fro- well, this is from Mr. Darren Keat, Bufana Bufana goalkeeper. Yeah. In the ever serious and competitive world of sports, it's always important to lighten the mood, have a laugh, enjoy it, and pose a little. Very nice. Simple and sweet. Very nice. Yeah. Well... Uh, before we wrap up, the show is going to close out with a preview of uh, our boss Clint Roper's interview with Brent Carlser, former PSL star. Um, the full interview of this will be available later this week. So have a look at slpodcast.co.za and you will see it there, but we will also tweet about it. Uh, but from myself, Slu, my main man, Sean. Hi. My main man, Deco. Hey, it has been a fantastic, fantastic show. Whether you've been listening to us on the SL Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahi Gang 96.7 FM's Game Time, thank you very much for joining us on the show. We'll be here, same time, same place, next week. Peace. Thank you. We've got uh, Brent Carlser, who's come in and he's one of the MTN8 legends. Brent, great to have you here. Thank you, Clint, man. Thanks for having me and thanks for having the trophy as well. It's a fantastic trophy. I had to carry it into this room earlier. Jeez, like, <laughs> I never lifted it, but wow. Brent, before we get started, uh, tell us a bit about the MTN8, um, the, the legends yeah. that they've brought on board and, and what you, how you guys uh, make sure that everybody knows uh, about the MTN8. The MTN8 and MTN, I've obviously had the MTN8 legends now since um, the 2017, 2018 um, MTN8. We go around to all the provinces in the country and we promote, obviously, the MTN8. We take the trophy with us. Um, we take pics with the supporters with the trophy. And obviously, we try and engage the supporters on the competitions that MTN are offering them. Brent, it's, it's interesting that a lot of these legends um, only get to do these tours and and interact with the fans once they stop playing the one thing that happens when sponsorship money runs into football is that the distance between the supporter and the player yeah. gets further and further apart any experiences uh, that that you can talk about where the the interaction has been 
more so than you thought it would be. Oh. Um, and and maybe a word to current players about the importance of actually s- sitting yeah. down with fans and letting them touch football. Yeah, I think, you know, like you just said now, the fans always see us on TV and they always see us, you know, in, 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 in the street. But they never... They're very shy when it comes to us because we're public figures. But I think with this, even being an MTN8 legend, we go around the country and we see what um, the, the fans think of us, even though we're not playing anymore, how they appreciate what we did when we were playing and how they love football. We see it every day. They're passionate about the game and especially the, the, the winners that we've seen now in our, in our trophy tour. The amount of um, appreciation they have for what MTN is doing for them. So we... We as legends, we, we want to thank MTN for always in, involving us and including us and making us feel special again because once you're away from the game for six months, after six months, you you lost. Nobody knows you anymore. You're gone, you know. So for them to bring us back and let us do some work and interact with the supporters and the clubs and the fans again, it's brilliant. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.